Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 90 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I am your host, The Raspberries, with my co-host, The Buck, bringing you the new and interesting stories from the far reaches of the interwebs. Buck, we have some interesting things this week, to say the least, um, but we're going to start with one from NBC News, and it's one specifically for you, my friend. Killing over fight about mayonnaise ends in life sentence for Iowa man. You love mayonnaise. You you know what? I can't wait to see what motherfuckery ended up in a life sentence of mayonnaise. I'm not going to be surprised. I fucking hate mayonnaise. But anyhow, <laughs> go ahead, man. Dive into oh, it. Oh, I was, was going to go into your, your deep-seated hatred of mayonnaise. <laughs> oh, man. I just... You know what? I mean... Yeah, I mean, come on, you got you know, and tell us a little in, in bit. Most, tell, tell us a little bit about your, your the, love of mayonnaise. Uh, you know what? I'll give you a very truncated and comedic version. You know, I'm I'm a I'm an '80s food stamps kid. All right, and uh, and you know, food stamps weren't the uh, you know the benefit that we uh, that we all know and love today. It was more like like you know. Food rationing and did and, you did you guys get the for, books? They had like the, the they were stapled on one side and you flip through and they actually looked like denominations of money, but they look like monopoly you know, money. I, I I can't say for sure. I'm I'm I I I just don't remember well enough. You know, I I will say that we had food stamps. I think they came in a book. I don't even remember being on them for very long, but I remember that the time that we were. Like it was, it was condiments, and you know, when you have your sibling that's four years old, four years older than you are, like preparing lunch for the crew, you know, you get like a mayonnaise sandwich stuck between two pieces of Wonder Bread, and it's just, it just, it just turned me off. It just turned me off. I will fight you over mayonnaise. I, I'm serious. I will engage in like at least a level six cripple tantrum to get out of eating mayonnaise. Like I, I'd probably go all the way up to step nine. I really would. <laughs> ever... To get out of eating mayonnaise. I don't I don't I don't think it would end in a life sentence, but I definitely think it would be a lot of a lot of aggressive hand waving and, and shouting obscene language. You know, there was there was a time a couple of years ago, was it last, maybe it was last year. Uh, where I, I found great joy in sitting on the couch on my phone uh, and ordering Christmas gifts for everyone, but it weren't normal kiss Christmas gifts. It was the, the Christmas of condiments, and I was literally using Amazon Prime to send people I know uh, like a bottle of ketchup <laughs> or a bottle of mustard. I sent you a, bottle, a jar of ranch. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you did. But you know what? You know what? And and all in all reality, it did not go to waste. I did. I did, I will tell you that uh, caregiver Katie loves herself a little ranch, and it turns out that my neighbor is like a ranch aficionado. And every time he comes up here to eat pizza with us, he's like, "Yep, I'm gonna dip into that ranch." It. it after he started eating with us, it, it went quick. But do you remember? Do you remember when we were working at the prison? And we were we were all in the officers' dining room, and uh, and one of the lieutenants was just like, "Oh yeah, look at all this mayonnaise," 
he knew about my deep-rooted antipathy for that particular condiment. And so he's just like pouring it on like eggs. It's like he's putting mayonnaise on hard-boiled eggs. And I was just like, like my, my, like my soul left my body and it threw up on my tongue. It was just, it was just so vile. They actually, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I didn't go home from getting sick because that's, that's, and I never, I never went that far, but I definitely remember taking an extended lunch break to like, you know, get my stomach back in order. A friend of a, I, a friend I, of the I, show. I despise. A friend. Of, everyone, everyone's got that food though. Everyone's got that one thing. Like uh, I, I don't do onions. I don't do tomatoes. I just I can't. No. But like squash. I mean, the guy that was on the show for the uh, the bachelor party episode. Uh, he's that way with beans because there was a time period he was going through a really rough time, and uh, every time they went to the food bank, they'd give him fucking beans that's all they'd give him was bags of beans cans of beans <laughs> so he won't eat beans anymore uh i i you know i used to feel the same way about uh about legumes you know and beans until i ate falafel because my dumb white boy ass thought i was eating a meatball i was like holy <laughs> shit this is good i was like what kind of... i remember i was looking at my friend he's uh he was a jordanian guy and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll give you falafel, you know. it. It's, uh, you know, he and I were, we became good buddies at work. He wanted to share food with me. I was very flattered. And so he comes in and he brings falafel sandwiches on pita bread. And I start eating that thing. And uh, I remember I was very offended at first. I was like, no mayonnaise, man. He's like, it's not mayonnaise. It's yogurt sauce, tzatziki sauce. I was like, okay, I'll give that a shot. But no, man, I thought I was eating a meatball. I was like, what kind of meat is this? Is this like lamb? Is this beef? He's like, chickpeas. I was like, what? I was like, you're telling me I'm eating a bean ball? He's like, yes. <laughs> and I, after that, after that, I was like, all right, if you put enough salt and pepper on something, it'll taste just like salt and pepper. This is true. But let's, let, let's go ahead and let's dive into our mayonnaise murder. Well, this happened in Logan, Iowa. A fatal hit and run that stemmed from a fight between friends over mayonnaise has ended with a Western Iowa man serving a sentence of life in prison. Uh, Christopher Erlbacher. Christopher Elbacher. Okay. 29 of Woodbine was sentenced Monday to a mandatory life sentence after being convicted in December of first-degree murder of the 2020 killing of a 30-year-old Caleb Solberg. Wait. Just wait right there. Are you telling me that mayonnaise has resulted in first-degree murder charges? Uh, uh, apparently like, it has, because we're talking premeditation from what I can read. Yeah, man. Like, we're talking about a premeditated mayonnaise murder? Apparently I, so. I... I am dead. My interest is peaked. Continue forward. Investigators say the men were eating and drinking at the Moorhead Bar the night of December 17, 2020, when Erlbacher put mayonnaise on Solberg's food. A fist fight between the two men ensued, and Erlbacher left in his truck, making threats to hurt Solberg and others. The threats included calling to Solberg's half brother, 
Craig Pure when he uh, later confirmed that those vehicles, wait a minute, when he later confronted <laughs> and whose vehicle he rammed off the road with his truck. Prosecutors say later that night, Erlbacher spotted Solberg outside a cafe in nearby Pisgah. This is in Iowa. Where are these names coming from? And ran him down with his truck. He doubled back and ran over Solberger twice more to make sure Solberger was dead. And then he called <laughs> Proyer to say he had just killed his brother. Earl, Earl Bacher unsuccessfully sought to reduce the charge to second-degree murder, arguing he acted recklessly because he was drunk and didn't intend to kill Solberger. Solberg. <laughs> okay, shit. all right. You know what? If you'd have just stopped at running him down once, that might have flew. That might have flew. But not only did he run him over, he repeated it. He backed up. I don't I don't know. He did man. It, he did he ran, he ran over him a total of three times, Buck. Yeah, three that's times. what I'm saying. You're not getting second degree murder out of that. You 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 wanted him dead. Like all over kind, Manny. All kinds of dead. <laughs> I'll tell you what right now. I'll tell you what right now. If it would have stopped at a fist fight between friends over them dousing the meal with mayonnaise i'd have been like okay because i'll I'll be i'll be quite frank and honest with you right now raz if you were my friend were to like be at a bar with me and start just like arbitrarily dumping mayonnaise on my food you, you you're not you're not walking out of there man because i'm gonna punch you right in the dick i'm gonna do that I'm going to do that. You're going to get an elbow. I might even fucking bite you. And I'm in a wheelchair. My my face is right at that perfect level. Listen, just just so re- either, just remember. Just, just just remember one thing, Buck. I am not a I'll big remember a lot. I am not a big enough man to admit. <laughs> I'll whip a cripple's ass. <laughs> no you won't, man. No you won't. It'll be a sucker punch, man. I'll get you in the parking lot where we're getting You'll be buckling me into the van. That's right. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it until I know. Like, I'm going to be getting out of the van at home. No, you're no, you're, you're going to try, try to run then, me over with that fucking chair, then back over. Me. No, I'm not. I'm not going to try to. I will succeed in doing it and make it look like an accident. You'll, I know you're not above hitting a cripple, but you'll be doing it. You'll be doing it and people will film you. It will look terrible. You will get atrocious reviews on everything you do from here on forward because you put mayonnaise on my food. But I would not murder you. I'm going to give this guy a five. He does. Anybody. I mean, like, come on, man. There's, there's no way murder around that. Over, it's a five. <laughs> that I mean, like, yeah. I mean, you actually committed murder, like, murder over mayonnaise. Murder over mayonnaise. All right. <sighs> Moving along. Our next story comes from the Leesburg News. Search of man's buttocks leads to arrest after traffic stop in Leesburg. <laughs> A traffic stop for speeding led to the arrest of an... Oh, shit. Fuck that. I'm not saying... U-M-A-T-I-L-L-A. Uh, Umatilla? What is... Why? No. Why, I would say Why do we Umatilla. name... Sh- whatever. I would say... I would say Umatilla. Virginia, man. When drugs were found inside of his rectum, a Lake County Sheriff's Officer canine deputy was on patrol early Tuesday morning when he clocked a car traveling at 68 miles per hour in a 45 mile per hour zone. 
he stopped the car at the intersection of County Road 473 and Allison Road in Leesburg. After informing the driver for the reason of the stop, the deputy asked if anything was illegal in the car. The driver refused to give permission to search the vehicle, so the deputy had his canine, Jim, perform an open-air sniff test for narcotics. The canine alerted to the vehicle, and the canine deputy, who had been uh, assisted by another deputy, removed the driver and his passenger, 31-year-old Joshua Kramer, from the vehicle. The deputies had the two men stand in front of a patrol car. A bag of crack cocaine was found in the passenger side floor by the canine officer. Another officer found a baggie near where the men were standing, and the baggie contained methamphetamines. It was also appeared to have fecal matter on it. An examination of Kramer's boxer shorts showed that uh, the container did, in fact, contain fecal matter. When the officer went back to his patrol car and watched the video of the two men in front of the vehicle, he saw Kramer reach into his pants as if he was removing something. The officer searched uh, Kramer's buttocks, according to the arrest report. During the search, the Kramer felt something hard in Kramer's buttocks. <laughs> uh, when asked if he had anything else hidden on him, uh, Kramer began to cry and said he did not and said that he had a bowel issue. As Cranmer moved away from the search area, the deputy found a gold cylinder which appeared to have fecal matter on it. The cylinder contained a controlled substance, MDMA, and cocaine. Cranmer was placed under arrest and booked into the Lake County Jail on three counts of possession of controlled substance and was later released after posting a $6,000 bond. So, okay. (laughs) So, no. So no 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 you stop I'm gonna mute you you shut up okay the dude's dog was named Jim I'm sorry if you're giving your your pets human names you're a serial killer this cop's a serial killer I'm calling it right now ah I just hmm. His dog's name's Jim. Just, but let's let's I just let's, think he's let's very white. Let's just leave that as it is and come back to this. So typically when somebody gets caught and they're trying to hide something, especially in jail, they will boof the item, put it in the prison purse, as they say. This guy got pulled over and already had it up his ass. Yeah, why was he fucking <laughs> removing it to begin with? Well, okay, so he when they found the cocaine, he knew he was going to jail. So you want to get rid of it so that you don't get an additional charge mm. of not, yeah, only, right, right, not, right. Only, not only possession, but introducing contraband into a secure facility. So dude's probably done this, before, like been arrested before. So he knew he didn't want to get that secondary charge. So he was trying to get rid of it so they could avoid both charges. Uh, but why was it already up his ass? Is that his normal method of transportation of drugs? No, you know what? I th- I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna further postulate on your theory here. I don't think that he was trying to remove it from his ass. I think that he had it all on his on his floor and was attempting to ram it up his ass when the cops got there and just couldn't get to the last little bit. I mean, it's possible. And and it, like I can't see it unfolding any other way, man. I can't see it. I can't see it any other way. You know, he's like, he either had it all in there already and was removing it because for some reason he thought he'd get busted, which I doubt, or 
he had it all out. And when the dog came up, he started panic boofing and started just shoving shit up his ass. And then he starts crying because he's got a little bit of rock sticking out of his ass. He's got himself a little fucking little meth dingleberry. And the cop's like, what the fuck? What? What? what?" And he's like, I have a bowel issue. It's like, okay, you know what? You absolutely inarguably do have a bowel issue right now. Did you just you do. Did you just say panic boofing? Yeah. <laughs> so so dude, so dude, dude's like I got a bowel issue. And the cops like no fucking shit you got a bowel issue. You just like come on man. What is why is he saying he has a bowel issue? Why is he using like proper? Like, did the is this in quotes? Bowel issue? Uh, I'd, I'd have to find it. Again. Oh yeah, it is. It is. It is in quotes. Yeah. Okay. So now, now this gentleman here, this scholar and gentleman, you know, this this anal argonaut, so to speak, <laughs> is now is now quoted. And his crime is eternalized, uh, eternally known and immortalized as a bowel issue. The anal Congratulations, sir. Heads emergency boofing. Okay. <laughs> panic boofing. Panic He's boofing. a panic boofer. It's flight or, fl- flight, or, uh, flight or fight reflex, man. This dude, <laughs> like, I- I'll tell you what. I'd have him go on a run if I were, like, in an apocalypse situation. I'm not talking zombie apocalypse. That's so outdated. Just any kind of situation where there's like some sort of need for somebody to go get something. This this guy would be a front for that. I'd be like, all right, dude. Because he's committed at least. You know, I got to give him that. Panic boofing? There, it seems like he had a lot of fecal matter involved here. Guy's shameless. He's going to get it. And your score? But whatever. Oh, dude, I'm giving him a three. That sounds logical. That sounds logical. Okay, Buck, we're back with my favorite website, and I know it's yours. The Free Press. The Florida Free Press. Tampa, Florida Free Press. Okay, it's just called the Free Press, but you have to emphasize the fact that these are Florida man stories. And how do we do that, Buck? We do that with our special theme song. Florida man, Florida man. Does whatever the fuck he can Makes headlines every time Florida's paradigm Look out! Here comes Florida Man Indeed, here comes Florida Man Charged with battering woman with ramen noodles After arguing over a dog in their bed That is not... You couldn't have a more Florida headline You really couldn't That is the Florida headline right there That should be on a billboard when you come into the state You know... I, I do believe so. Um, the Florida Georgia line is kind of like the event horizon for the black hole of social liabilities that seems to be Florida. Well, I gotta say, it's 2022, and what a better way to kick off the second month of the new year than with a Florida man story. This time, we are reporting 21 year old Brandon Smith, who allegedly threw a pot of hot ramen noodles on a woman after an argument over a dog in their bed. According to investigators, Smith was attempting to put his dog on the bed around 7.20 a.m. on January 28th. The female victim disagreed and asked Smith not to put the dog in the bed. Police say Smith, 21, got angry, 
picked up a pot of hot ramen noodles from the stove and threw the noodles on the victim. When the victim tried to escape, the woman said Smith repeatedly hit her in the back with the hot pot. But there are two sides to every story, as Smith told police the woman had got out of bed and randomly started chasing the dog around, causing her to fall on the hot pot of noodles located on the stove. Smith was arrested on domestic battery and booked into St. Lucie County Jail, where he is being held in lieu of a $5,000 bond on domestic battery charges. And there is a picture of the affidavit of probable cause here. And uh, this is this is the officer's summary. On January 28, 2021, at 023 hours, I was dispatched to, and it has the address, in reference to domestic trouble. When I arrived on scene, I spoke to the victim who said she had woke up this morning around 7.20 hours. Uh, redaction. And Brandon Smith was attempting to put his dog on the bed. The victim asked Smith not to put the dog on the bed. Smith got angry, picked up a hot pot of noodles off the stove, and threw the noodles onto the victim. The victim said she tried to get up, but Smith began hitting the victim on the back with the hot pot. This is the best part. The victim said Smith would not stop, so she called the police. There are so many holes in both stories. There's so many. But I want to know, first and foremost, we're talking about serial killer things before the break. About a dog named Jim indicates that you're a serial killer. Who the... Who the hell is making ramen noodles at 7.20 a.m.? You're muted, Buck. You need to unmute. I can see you're very animated. Yes, very animated and now unmuted. Who? That that was my first fucking, like, query here, man. Who the, who the hell is... Man. You gotta be you gotta be living rough. Like rough. If you're if you're cooking ramen for breakfast, like you gotta be living rough. Oh. Okay? Rough. And I can't I can't stop processing. And I don't think I'll be able to move on with the details or finer points of the story until I get to the bottom of this. What would be an appropriate prison nickname for this guy? Would we call him the noodler? And I'm not talking about among the inmates, because you know, in the officers' dining room, we all make fun of those guys. You know, we we really do. It it just happens. So, would we call him the noodler or the ramen ramen ding dong? I think we'd have to go with the noodler. But okay, so let's continue to unpack this a little bit. So, (laughs) he's hitting her on the back with the hot pot. So, boom, boom, boom. And he wouldn't stop, so she called the police. So is he, like, still whacking her on the back with this thing the whole time she's on the phone with a dispatcher? I'd be interested to know if we have a recording of the dispatcher call somewhere available on the internet Ooh, for this. We should do a, a FISA request for it. <laughs> that, would be, that would be, you know what? One of these days, man. One of these days. One of these days. But no, man. Like, come on. You know, 7.20 in the morning. You know, dog's in the bed. Like, what do you want her to do? You know, what if, what if like, the dog just, like, got into the bed at, well, you know, do you really, at some do point you really think, sleeping? Do you really think Homie was picking up the dog to put him in the bed? She's like, oh, Brendan, please. I would ever so appreciate it if you did not put the dog on the bed. Or do you think it was, motherfucker, get that goddamn dog out of here? Meh. Probably the latter of the two. Yeah. 
So, yeah, two sides of every story there. Not saying it's okay to throw boiling ramen noodles on somebody, then beat them with the pot. I'm just saying, don't don't try to make yourself out to be a saint either. <laughs> a little that is a little excessive. I'm I'm still gonna have to give dude. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna go with a three on this one. Uh, we're talking domestic battery. I'm gonna go ahead and bump that to a four. The only reason it doesn't get a five is nobody's dead. <laughs> okay. I'll go ahead and co-sign that four. Okay, Buck. Our next story and last story is coming from NPR, and this one's been covered quite a bit. Uh, an armored car company busted for hauling legal weed uh, money. Okay, I'm sorry. I messed that all up. Busted for hauling legal weed money across Kansas is now suing the feds. An armored car company used by licensed marijuana dispensaries in Missouri and other states is suing the federal government, claiming law enforcement agents have illegally seized dispensary cash the company was transporting. The federal lawsuit filed in California last week by uh, Imperial Logistics comes after a sheriff's deputy in Dickinson County, Kansas, stopped one of Imperial's vehicles last year on Interstate 70 for unspecified traffic violation and seized nearly $166,000 in cash it was transporting from marijuana dispensaries in Kansas City, Missouri, to other credit unions in Colorado. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Kansas subsequently filed a civil forfeiture action against Emprio, arguing the seized cash was traceable to sales that violated the Federal Controlled Substance Act. The case is pending. In October, KCUR sought records related to the stop from the Dickinson County Sheriff's Office under the Kansas Open Records Act. Doug Thompson, the Dickinson County counselor, responded by saying the records were in the hands of the Drug Enforcement Administration. KCUR then sought the records from the DEA in November under the Federal Freedom of Information Act. The DEA has yet to respond to KCUR's request. Emperor's lawsuit, however, alleges the Dickinson County Sheriff's Deputy Kalen Robinson pulled up a over um, Emperor's vehicle, a Ford Transit van, as it was heading east on I-70 because the Colorado license plate was slightly covered by the license plate holder. Robinson stopped the vehicle a second time the next day as it was heading west towards Colorado and seized the cash. Emperor's lawsuit accuses Robinson as well as the sheriff's deputies in California of acting in concert with the DEA to conduct pretextual stops of Emperor's vehicles, searching them and seizing the cash contents. Covering up their surveillance cameras and sometimes damaging Emperor's vehicles to access the cash in the secured vaults, and then turning the seized cash over to the federal law enforcement for forfeiture proceedings under the Federal Equitable Sharing Program. Under the Federal Equitable Sharing Program, the federal government shares assets seized in civil forfeitures with state and local law enforcement agencies. Emperor says that not a single traffic citation was issued to Emperor's driver during any of the five traffic stops mentioned in the complaint. It says federal and state law enforcement agencies are targeting its armored vehicles because, quote, it's very profitable for those law enforcement agencies to seize the cash proceeds that Emperor is transporting and keep the money under civil forfeiture, end quote. Dan Alban, an attorney for the Institute of Justice, which represents Emperor, said Emperor was initially viewed uh, the Dickinson County stop as a one-off event. But since then, its vehicles have been stopped four more times in California, three of them in the last two months alone. The vehicles were transporting cash from a state-licensed cannabis business in California. I think they began to become very concerned that this was an ongoing pattern activity and they were being targeted. And so they wanted not just to have a, uh, to defend these against civil forfeiture action after the fact, but to seek legal per relief preventing forfeiture seizures. 
In addition to alleged violations of the Fourth Amendment and due process, the lawsuit seeks to block for, uh, future stops, searches and seizures of Emperor's vehicles, quote, based solely on the actual or suspected presence of cash earned by state legal cannabis dispensaries without reasonable suspicion or probable cause, end quote. <sighs> There's more. I'm not sure if I should keep going. Maybe we should stop right there and speak about it because it goes a lot into the different uh, legal aspects of this buck. But what we have, and, and I am really, really, really against this and when i saw this story come up there's a, there's actually another youtuber i listen to uh, quite regularly for uh for legal stuff i i had to send this off to him and uh, he did do a show on it so i'm actually quite happy about that uh because i'm really against civil asset forfeiture uh essentially this is what happens uh you have a large sum of money for whatever reason it doesn't even matter how much uh but you say it's usually a large amount the police can then seize that money and say this money was we suspect was was gained through illegal means and then you would think well didn't you just prove that it wasn't that's not the case though because they're not actually what they're doing is they actually create the money as its own defendant the money has to prove that it's not dirty so you oftentimes see these uh in instances where somebody will come and say okay well we're going to file charges so if you want, uh, we'll give you uh, half the money back if you sign this release saying that you'll you'll um, you'll let us keep the rest. And most people do because they, there's fighting civil asset for, forfeiture is insanely difficult um, because you're you you a lot of times you can't even get before a judge because you're not the defend you, you don't have no case you're not a defendant you're suing you're trying to sue and under the civil asset forfeiture laws it's virtually impossible. Uh, it, it's very, very rare that people get their money back. And this is just the, this is robbery. This is robbery. And the, the feds have um, incentivized local police departments to conduct these civil asset forfeitures by saying, okay, well, if you uh, seize money, we're going to seize the money and then we're going to make a, essentially what amounts to a donation to the police department. So if you seize this quarter million dollars, we're going we're gonna to give you 30,000 of it. So you're, you're essentially incentivizing reasons for police to steal. You're stealing money. The municipalities and, and government entities are stealing people's money. In this particular instance, you have a product that the states have deemed to be legal for whatever reason, whether you agree with it or not. They are allowing these businesses to exist. And you know they're, they're profitable and they're taxable. And we are seeing a tax boon off this in some states. And, you know, they're trying to transport their money. So essentially, the police are pulling over armored cars and saying, yeah, I think the money in the armored car, there's no drugs, by the way. It's just money. The money in the armored car was used for illegal, legal, uh, gain through illegal means under federal law. So we're going to go ahead and seize all that money. And you have to prove that it wasn't. And it doesn't, and in this particular instance, it, it, since it's illegal under federal law to possess, sell, transport marijuana, uh, anything to do with marijuana is hence illegal and illegal under federal statute. So you're not going to get it. They just they can just keep pulling over armored cars and taking the money forever until somebody does something about these civil asset forfeiture laws. And most people won't because you know they're but they're targeting the bad guys. Not necessarily. There's plenty of cases where you have issues where uh, somebody's you know taking their life savings because they don't trust banks. In the town I live in, nobody trusts banks. 
there's all these check cashing places, not because of the you know people are, don't have the the fun. They're just literally will not put their money in a bank. If you give me a, a machete and clear this town out for for two hours, every tenth house, I guarantee you I'm going to find a mattress full of money. It's kind of ridiculous, but I, I digress. Um, having cash is not illegal, but we have now found ways to try to. Uh, it, 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 this this really makes me mad. It really makes me mad, Buck. I can tell, man. You you seem to have a, a great deal of passion over this, and I'm not saying that it's that it's you know like unwarranted either. It, I mean, you know, if strong arming were a crime, that's what this would be. Like I know strong you arming is a crime. <laughs> well. Okay, I actually didn't know that. Well, thank you. It, this this doesn't seem to me like robbery. This seems more like strong arming. That's that's what no, this I mean, seems it's, like. It's straight up robbery. They take the money, and you, yeah, you can try to go to court and get it back, but nobody ever does. Right. That's what. That's why I call it strong arming, man. They're taking it and they're going, eh, get it back if you can. Try to. You know, go ahead, go ahead, give it a shot. Like they've they've really it's like playing checkers with someone who moves their back fucking row, is what it is. That's like me. trying to get your own money back. <laughs> That's me. <It's> like, <laughs> that is you. That I is. I don't you. move the back row. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. Yeah, uh, we've never played checkers, but I can tell if we did, I'd get frustrated. I'd probably flip the table over. But either way, man, like this is this is five all day long, man. This is five all day long. I know it's no, there's no death involved. Ah, you know what though, there is no death involved. I'm gonna have to give it a four and a half. You know, that's that's just it. And you know, if no, it's here's, really and here's it's, the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I had to travel internationally with a large sum of cash on my person. I had to have cash because in, in China, for example, which is where I was going, uh, I had to have a large sum of cash for the reason I was going. And there also the fact that, you know, it, it's a very cash-based society. They don't deal with uh, cards and checks and that kind of stuff. So an Apple Pay. Eh. <laughs> so I had to go to a bank and convert the cash, and I still had to carry then an ungodly amount of script because of the conversion rate. So... If I had gotten stopped in the um, the airport on any of the airports I was in, because I had to cross the country, I had to go first to uh, uh, Michigan, and and then we flew over, you know, flew over the the Arctic to get to China because it's the easiest route. But then we came back. We had to we had a couple layovers. I mean, what what, what do I do if I, I they're, they're, we're going to take your money? Okay, go on your flight. Well, now I can't. There's no reason for me to go on my flight, and um. I'm not going to go into the details of the reasoning, but it was nothing illegal. It was perfectly above board, sanctioned by the government. But they still would have taken my money and ruined lives. Literally would have ruined lives. And that happens. It's happened before. There's documented cases of that happening. Well, oh, this guy has a lot of money. A TSA agent goes, why do you have all this money? None of your business. Or even if they tell them, they don't believe them. So they call the feds and the feds seize it. And that's the end of that. So they, they use them as, as th this whole concept is asinine. I'm sorry. It just is. 
if you suspect me of committing a crime that I have money for, then arrest my ass and find out and then and, and, and you know charge me. You don't, you're not just going to take my money and then make me maybe prove that I'm not a criminal to get it back. It it is it, it's like they're stacking the deck against you. They are absolutely stacking the deck. It is it's intentional. It's insidious. It's disgusting. And this is the definition of guilty until proven innocent. Right. I agree, man. I agree. So what are you going to go with, man? You're going to go with four and a half, or you're going to I'm giving it going to escalate him to a five. Just because I'm 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 basing the law on on my score. So I have to give it a five because it's insidious in its nature and it's un-American and it, it, most societies would deem this to be inappropriate, I would imagine. Uh, but ours, particularly, who who is so entrenched in unreasonable search and seizure, in in freedom of self, we should be the ones in the, the most uproar about this because our society is based on these core concepts. And here we have our own government that we are allowing this to happen. We are allowing this. We are in good conscience allowing this to happen. Bullshit. Right. And meanwhile, we will fight the good fight about other things that aren't nearly as impactful. Yeah. You know, and I won't. I won't give it examples. That would be unfair. That's that. It's strictly based on my opinion. But I, I really believe that more focus should be pointed at. Uh, at things like this, uh, it would really benefit and impact the greater good on a uh, on a very on a very macro scale. So, either way, you know, summarizing the week though, man, of uh, of the four of the four people, four stories that we covered, you know, I'd I'd have to say that uh, that our Kansas City cop story, you know, seizing uh, seizing assets illegally, kind of has to has to be the worst of the liabilities, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely, and that's why I titled the episodes Cops Stealing Drug Money. <laughs> uh, that, oh, man. That all being said, Buck, that's going to bring us to a close. And, well, I was, I'd say, I used to say it brings us to a close for another week, but we are putting out two episodes a week now. We're putting out an episode on Saturdays, and we're putting an episode out on Wednesdays. So be sure to catch them both. So we'll, we're gonna actually going to record episode 91 here in just a moment. But uh, you can listen to that on Wednesdays and... You can listen on just about any platform you can imagine, whether it be Spotify, Radio Public, uh, Anchor, Google Podcast, CastBox, Apple Podcast, everywhere you can. Just give us a thumbs up, give us a like, give us a subscribe, tell a friend, do all that stuff, because we greatly appreciate it. I am the Raz Reeves with my co-host, The Buck, wishing you all a happy and bountiful week. <laughs>